With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Coffee Clutch. This is Marianne Russo. I want to say hello to my sidekicks tonight, May Wilkinson and Chuck Wally over on the Twitter Tweet Chat. You can join the simultaneous chat on Twitter following the hashtag TCK. We have an automated chat room, and they'll be posting that for you. Um, you can also call in tonight and ask questions um, of our guest, and the call-in number is 646-595-2881. Tonight's interview is very near and dear to my heart. You know, as everyone knows, I am child anxiety on Twitter, and um, my daughter has a severe anxiety disorder. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a very, very difficult um, thing for a, a child and a teen to deal with. And I have found what I think is probably one of the best resources on the web. The founder is Solome Tebebu, and uh, she is joining us tonight. She started this foundation or this um, this site when she was 16 years old. She is now 21, and when I tell you it is an incredible resource, I kid you not. So please welcome Salome Tebebu. How are you? Great. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm I'm thrilled to have you. Um, you know, I really there's so much to go through. I really want to just start by letting you talk a little bit about yourself because you know it's just mm-hmm. so incredible to me that someone. Um, a teen with such a severe anxiety disorder was able to really um, do what you've done. You know, you know, a lot of people think that it would really stunt you from being able to do things, but, you know, what you've done is incredible. So, you know, I wanted to ask you first, did you have anxiety as a child or did it start during puberty when you were a teenager? Yeah, it really started <clears throat> around middle school, seventh grade. So, yes, around puberty, that's right. And you didn't have any anxiety as a, as a younger child? Your mother never saw that? No. Um, before that, I was pretty much just like any other kid. And um, by middle school, I was doing well in school, had my group of friends, and was dealing with the normal teenage stuff. But, yeah, it was almost um, just overnight. Right. And, you know, you hear that it's very common during puberty. Um, you know, that the, mm-hmm. so many things change, anxiety, depression, you know, a lot of problems. But, you know, how did it start for you? I mean, I think that would, you know, if you had this, um, you know, quote-unquote normal type life, um, you know, what started happening? How did you start to uh, present and how did your mother deal with it? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm not really totally sure what it took, of course, to lead up to this point, but um, like I said, I can definitely remember the night that the anxiety was triggered and, um like I said, in seventh grade, it was, of course, a dark, stormy night, and um, I was just feeling like in a generous mood, and I thought I'd clean the house and make dinner for my family, and so I spent most of the day scrubbing around the house, and um, I decided to prepare dinner an hour late because I knew my mom said she was going to be coming home late from work that night. So by the time it was 8 p.m., I started lighting the candles and setting the table. Then 9 o'clock rolled around. 
And, of course, it's thunderstorming on this evening. And so by the time it was 10.30, I just remembered going into my dad's workshop and asking him, you know, hey, where's mom? And I'm sure I know he didn't mean to make this face at the time and, and what it would do to me for the next several years, but he just looked at me blankly and said, I don't know, May, like so full of fear it seemed like to me. So, of course, I just ran out of there so fast, I went upstairs thinking that she had died in a car accident. And I just remember having to take off my sweatshirt because I had the sweats, but I, I had the chills too. And, and so the time seemed like a blur before I heard the door open downstairs. Hi, honey, I'm home. Wow, the house is so clean. Oh, the dinner is cold. And, you know, I didn't know if I was so mad that, that she didn't answer their phone or so happy that she was alive. But um, <clears throat> really from that point on, I started to develop this complex about loved ones being away. That sounds very so much I like think, OCD. <clears throat> yes, yeah, that was really um, my first few uh, diagnoses were um, generalized anxiety with OCD thoughts and panic attacks. I also had another diagnosis um, of OCD, and so um, I dealt with that throughout 7th and 8th grade, and by the time ninth and 10th grade rolled around, really the OCD started coming out more and um, less and less panic attacks. <clears throat> so it was quite the experience. But um, And yours sounds like a very classic um, type of OCD because I know OCD in children presents sometimes differently than in teens. Um, you know, and there's the, the real true OCD where there's the fear that something bad will happen to somebody else or something bad will happen to you if you don't do a certain thing. Um, you know, where with other kids it's more of a, a mental, you know, for children it's more of a mental type of a, an issue. But um, hmm. did you, um, you know, it, it seems like it was just such a sudden onset for you. Right, yeah. That I mean, leading up to that I was just dealing with, normal teenage stuff and I think um I think my parents definitely may have had something to do with it. They're both a little bit anxious themselves. Not that well the, the apples don't fall far from the tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. That's for sure. Um it was it's interesting just hearing or seeing their reactions. Um my mom versus my dad. My mom's from Poland, my dad's from Ethiopia and both grew up different situations and I know with my mom and dad, they were fighting throughout my childhood. Should we take her to the doctor? No, 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 she's fine. And my mom really um, wasn't even such a word as anxiety before she left Poland. And so mm-hmm. she really didn't understand it. And so she was like, no, no, she'll be fine. And my dad, he, on the other hand, is, we got to take her to the doctor right away. And so um, an interesting dynamic. Right. You know, and I think that, you know, a lot of times parents, when when mental illness, you know, is very sudden in onset, they just don't know what to make of it. You know, because, you know, with teenagers, they're the normal teenage ups and downs, you know, and parents think it's just going to pass. But, you know, it comes to a point, like for yourself and like, you know, well, my child started at four, very young with an anxiety disorder. But, you know, it really, you know, if this doesn't go away within a few weeks, parents really do need to address it because, you know, I'm sure you're going to be able to tell. I mean, it's crippling. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. And um, like I said, ninth and 10th grade, when I started getting more of the OCD type of tendencies, um, it became harder and harder to discuss with my parents because um, I heard once um, 
before that a lot of the times the content of the teens or anybody's anxiety is something that has some moral ties with the person or that it makes and that makes it all the more outrageous and humiliating to share with others. So kind of like what I mean is Yeah, because I can remember with my daughter, you know, it was like she she knew it was irrational. Right, exactly. And it was, you know, you know, the embarrassment of knowing that what she's thinking and her behaviors are so irrational that, you know, it, it's frightening because it doesn't make any sense. I mean, even to, to the child or the teen. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's. Um, Did yeah, you have I mean, rituals was... and compulsions as well, or you just had the anxiety? Yeah, I had. Um, a, there were just a mixture of things I would have to do, not a set thing that I do every time, but. Um, Later on, ninth, tenth grade, my thing was really that I would become pregnant. And of course, fifteen years old, I wasn't even holding hands with boys. There was really no way. But I mean, just imagine me trying to tell you know my dad that there's no way. But um, you know, when I'd get the thoughts, I would um, I would do certain things. I'd go to my room. I'd um, do a lot of number type of things, and it was a lot of typical superstition stuff like if i grab four or six m&ms then i'm going to be pregnant it's, it had to be five right. or seven you know so completely makes no sense in trying to explain that to friends or family it's just of course frustrating so do you feel the teens hide a lot from their parents and how would that affect school i mean that would have to affect because you know there's normally very high intelligence um, and the problem, you know, they but they have problems at school because they can't concentrate because if they, you know, if they don't count every third mm-hmm. S in the paragraph, you know, their oh. mother's going to die, you know. So try Absolutely. to, you know, take a test when you have to do, you know, and that's just an example. But, you know, mm-hmm. there are children that are like that. You know, they have to count every third letter or they have to read, you know, every fifth word backwards. It's horrible. Oh, my God, I can't imagine that. Um, my Personally, I did experience a lot of missing class because I, I was leaving the classroom every five seconds to call my parents and make sure they didn't die in a car accident um, right. those first few years. But but I totally understand, um, I mean, how many combination of things that can keep students out of the classroom because of this. I don't think people really understand it. Right, and, you know, and I think that the, one of the problems is that parents, and this is, you know, my my big thing, is, you know, parents really have to advocate for these, these kids because they can't function at school. They need a safety net. They need, they need to be able to go to the office to call home. And I know that there's the school of thought by a lot of professionals that that shouldn't be allowed because that's just um, engaging in the disorder. But, you know, these kids need to feel safe. You know, how do you feel about that? Well, it's like if they're going to get anything done, then, yeah, they. I mean, it's too bad that it sounds like they're indulging in it. And in a way, that's kind of what happened with my counseling situation at school. I, I went there, and the poor counselor, she had no idea what to do. I, she was just, um, of course, letting me call right away because I was hysterical. And right. um, how much she was trained in mental health, I'm not sure myself. So, um I think that's a big part of it, too, is how much do these school counselors have in mental health training versus the more college planning type of stuff. Right, because, you know, a lot of times these kids are misperceived as being defiant 
or mm-hmm. um, you know just not wanting to go to school, and you know they're they're, they're very misunderstood, and you know <clears throat> you did something about it, you know, and it's just it really is amazing to me what you've been able to accomplish, um, you know, and you said that most of these things started in middle school. So, you know, how did that affect you socially? Were you able to go out with friends? Did you want to stay home? Um, it was very easy, actually, to hide from close friends what was going on with me, <clears throat> because not mostly because I was trying to keep it a secret or anything like that. It was more so that it just took so much energy to try to explain or try to put to words this experience going on in my mind to somebody who has no idea mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. So really it was just a matter of um, family members who would see me um, at home most of the time. They would see the panic attacks, so of course they knew, but a lot of times the friends didn't see a lot of it. and um, That wasn't a huge issue. I, I know I spent maybe a year or two before I actually explained to one of my best friends what it was that was going on with me. So. Well, that must have been hard. I know my daughter did that, too. My daughter wound up being home home tutored for three years because she couldn't leave the wow. house. And um, she would try to go uh, back to school, and she would go for, you know, a month or two, and then it would come back. And I remember being so proud of her one day because I brought her into school, and all the kids, you know, saw her, and she was going back, and they all came running up to her, and, you know, you know where have you been, where have you been? And she just said it, like, out of nowhere. She just said, I have a really bad anxiety disorder, and sometimes I just can't stand being away from my home. I'm afraid something bad is going to happen. I have panic attacks. I feel nauseous. I feel dizzy. I feel like I'm going to faint. And it was amazing that the kids were like, I get that sometimes, too. Oh, my God, that happened to me once at a party. And they were just great, you know. And they really hit me how common it is in these kids, but not to the degree of, you know, a disorder. Sure, sure. Wow, that's... So, well, you took it upon yourself to do something about it, mm-hmm. and you created Anxiety in Teens. So, let's get into it. Tell us how you started it, what it is, and, um, you know, how... I mean, it's not just for teens. It's for teens, parents. I mean, I think it's even for educators. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so, by the time I was in summer of 10th grade, I was going to a summer camp far from home and so of course I'm having anxiety problems and I just remember sitting in one of the dorms there thinking wow I'm really frustrated there are no online resources for me to use right now in my time of need and at the time I was even seeing a counselor but it didn't matter if I saw him at you know one o'clock on Tuesday when I needed something midnight at Friday night and so I think I still have the notebook now, but I decided to uh, sketch out this website, and I said there's going to be an information section which would uh, tell people, especially family members, friends, who wanted to learn more about it. Um, it wouldn't be too much like WebMD or what is anxiety type of resources because those were already out there, but it would be a nice little overview. But really the focus was more on the next two points, which are information and community. The information I'd like to describe, or excuse me, inspiration, I'd like to describe that as a place where teens or anybody who needs it can lift their mood right away. And this can mean if you're in a panic attack, here are breathing steps. Or if you're having OCD thoughts, here's something you can do about it. And lastly, community, my favorite section, we have a community forum where um, 
people can just register anonymously and post their stories. Some of the emails that I get are just pages long saying, I've never told anybody about my anxiety disorder, but here's, you know, my life story. And they're right. they're feeling like they can do it because it's anonymous. And so um, it's been a really cool experience. That really is what floored me because, you know, I had started um, probably about four years ago and I never really put any effort into it. I had started um, Teen to Teen Anxiety Forum. Hmm. And essentially what I was doing is what you, you did here, which was to have a place where kids with severe anxiety, Tourette's, um, you know, you know, and I was going to also ask you depression because they usually go hand in hand, you know, where they could go and they could talk to other teens that are going through this and they could not feel so alone. And, you know, the community section of your website is just, it's fantastic. And I loved the fact that you have instant help. I mean, you have a fabulous resource um, page where you do have fabulous, you know, great resources where people can go and um, you know get more information. But you have the quick fix on there. You can go on, and there are you know breathing exercises, calming exercises, um, because you know when you're in the thick of it, it's very hard to get out of it. But I think what's really important, and what I advocate all the time, is that you need to learn these calming skills when you're calm. You know, Absolutely. not when you're, you know, in a deep panic attack. But, um, you know, what you have on here is just fantastic. Um, did you also have depression? Um, not so much, but mm-hmm. um, that is definitely a goal for the future is to add more um, disorders, just not only besides anxiety, because, like you said, it also goes hand-in-hand hand a lot with depression and eating disorders and whatnot. So. Right. Well, you know, they are anxiety disorders. You know, they really are, and that's what people, I think, don't understand, that a lot of the eating disorders, the anorexia, the bulimia, um, mm-hmm. even Tourette's, you know, so many disorders are anxiety-driven disorders. Um, you know, and um, we spoke for a few minutes before the show, and I was a little bit um, surprised that you, um, you know, hadn't heard of this before, but um, people are talking about it on the chat right now. In my daughter's mm-hmm. case, it wound up being the, the the organic basis of her problem was an endocrine disorder. She had a pituitary tumor and polycystic ovarian syndrome. Wow. And um Yeah, and you know, it took me seven years to get a diagnosis and five different endocrinologists. But I can't stress enough how important it is, especially for girls, that parents, when if they start to see during, especially during puberty. Um, that their child is starting to develop a severe anxiety disorder, you get to an endocrinologist. And if you don't get anything from one, you go to a second, because there are very clear signs, um, that uh, physical signs that a parent will see. And, you know, once you deal with the hormones, you you can really uh, get rid of a lot of the anxiety. Um, so, you know, that's just to throw that out there. But, you know, you're also working on a couple of other things. You're working on software. So what is the software that you're developing? Um, it's called Cognific, and how, how I started this was about a year ago I've been working on this. And like I mentioned before, um, throughout middle school, when I was leaving the classroom to go to this counseling office uh, every five minutes, and right. the problem was that you know she was just as anxious as I was because she really didn't know how to deal with it. And, so I just thought, you know, what if there was a resource that could help school counselors help youth? And so that just spawned on to 
what if this was in families' homes as an immediate relief resource as well? What if it was in private practice offices? So right now I'm working on developing really it's mental health homework in a gaming format. They're fun and engaging video games really for youth to um, not only immediate relief resources in the school setting but also in the home. It's kind of like what the um, excuse me it would be like what the therapist would give on a piece of paper or a notepad homework. Well, that's not very fun to go do exposure therapy by yourself. What if it was in a fun gaming format? And so that's really what Cognific is all about. That's incredible. Give me give me some examples of it because you know it really mm-hmm. it, it's really retraining your brain and right. it's being able to talk yourself out of the panic you're in. We did exposure of response with my daughter. It was very effective, but, you know, it's not an overnight fix. I mean, it took us mm-hmm. weeks and weeks and weeks of going to the mall every day to get her to be able to touch an escalator. To, first, we had to go stand outside and look in the mall at the escalator. Then we had to go in the mall at the escalator. The next day, we had to stand by the escalator. And within a few weeks, she was riding up and down and laughing. But, you know, it takes a long time. Wow. Um, so, you know, how what type of programs would, would be on here that would um, help these teens be able to change the way they think? Because it's really getting sure. rid of the negative. Right. It's it's kind of like, um, I, I don't know, what is that, Chef Boyardee commercial? It's like the children don't know that the veggies are in the pasta, but it's, and it's so right. good. It's kind of like the kids don't know that the cognitive behavioral therapy techniques and mindfulness techniques are in these games they're just fun to play and so um, it's kind of like exercise as well the more you do it the better you get and kids can just pick it up and go online and play as much as they want and they're just doing more and more mental health homework which can only help and so um, an example is like one of our bubble blooper games that um, there's a question streaming at the top of the screen such as how many people in the United States have an anxiety disorder just like you. And then answer bubbles are streaming across the screen and the user needs to click on the right answer um, as fast as possible. And so it's a really fun game while learning at the same time. And I really want to stress this educational aspect in there because um, throughout my own experience, I saw maybe a, a handful, five different therapists and the first four, it was kind of like I walked in the door, oh, Solome, how are you feeling? Oh, you know, pretty crappy. I feel like my parents just died. Um, how are you? <laughs> and I said, oh, no, they're right here. See? See you next week. And I kind of, it was kind of like that for two, three years until my last therapist, he changed everything for me. And what he did differently was explain to me what was going on in my brain. He said, this is how an OCD thought works. These are the chemicals involved. And I know it's really cliche, but knowledge is power. By him telling me what was going on, I was able to step back in my distressing situations and say, oh, hey, I'm not having a panic attack because they actually died. I'm having a panic attack because this, I have an anxiety disorder, these are chemicals involved. And so that's really what I'm trying to yeah, exactly. that's what I'm trying to recreate here in the game. So That's, that's fantastic because, you know, that is so true. And mm-hmm. we were very, very fortunate that we had fantastic um, 
uh, clinicians from the very beginning. And when my daughter was four, when it first started, by the time she was six, I mean, she was being taught that, you know, the chemicals in your body, um, you know, are going to make you feel the shaky feeling and it's going to last for four rugrats or it's going to last, you know, three and a half rugrats because there was no concept of time. I mean, in an adult, if you have a panic attack or an anxiety attack, you know, on average, the cortisol and the adrenaline pump for 20 minutes. In a child and teen with a severe panic um, attack, it could last up to 40 minutes. So when you learn that there's an end in sight and when you learn that there's, it's okay, this is like a physical feeling, the kids really do learn how to deal with it so much better. Totally. That was definitely my thing. Even going through a hard time, sometimes just the act of picking up a book on anxiety disorders, um, I don't know how much I actually comprehended during the panic attack, but just by just by making a step like that made it um, just a little better. And I think one of the worst things that parents do is that they really diminish what the kid's feeling. Hmm. You know, I mean, these kids are really suffering. And to just be like, oh, stop it, that's ridiculous, or, you know, what's wrong with you? I mean, that's just like one of the worst things you can do because, you know, they know that. They know this is irrational. They can't stop it. And one of the things I like on your website is you have the do's and don'ts, and you have ten, um, I think it's ten, let me pull it up, um, you know, ten things that you should not do as a parent. Um, and, you know, why don't you give us some of them? Right, the top sure. ten, these are the top ten ways you are not helping yourself, not helping your own anxiety. Right. Um, a lot of that includes um, a lot of negative self-talk, what you're telling yourself in the midst of the anxiety. Um, that makes a huge difference. And like you said, um, when you're calm and what you can do, steps to prevent, is trying to challenge your mistaken beliefs. That's kind of like working on what is going on <clears throat> in the time of the panic attack, how can you stop that before it happens? What can you tell yourself? Um, you know, well, that works? Do you think that works, you think, for kids? I mean, I don't know. I, I would imagine it does. I never I never tried that. It's um, so much easier said than done, <laughs> that's for sure. I would imagine it must be very hard. So, you know, give me an example of, say, like um, a child that has school phobia. Um, what would... Um, what would a parent or a clinician teach that teen to do? To, to What type of thoughts would they tell them to give themselves? Sure, and it'd be like um, anxiety just to to be attending school with all the other students, that kind of the mm-hmm. situation. Um, <clears throat> something that the parent, especially understanding, they could sit down with the teen and say, hey, you know what, um, this is something that you were able to do for the last, you know, 12 years or depending on where they are in school. These teens, your peers, they're sitting there thinking about themselves more than they're thinking about you. And um, It's easy to get wrapped up in ourselves. And so um, maybe saying something that really um, takes the pressure off themselves and more on the other students would be a good suggestion. You know, I used to try to, you know, think of it um, for my child. Um, when I would try to explain it to the, the mm-hmm. educators, you know, I would say, have you ever had a real panic attack? When the mm-hmm. room is spinning, your hands are sweaty, your heart is racing, um, 
you know, a terrifying panic attack. And, you know, universally, everybody who's an adult, somebody at one point in your life you've experienced a panic attack, more than likely. Imagine having that every 15 minutes all day. Oh. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's just horrible. And one of the things I like is your number four, and it's denial of feelings. Hmm. So tell us a little bit about that one. Oh, that's, um, <clears throat> to explain to listeners, that's um, point number four, denial of feelings, is um, such as when you deny anger, frustration, and sadness, um, you can feel even more anxious. And what I think that means is um, it just, especially when it's a parent who is not um, appreciating what the child is going through, it's just making it that much worse by um, avoiding what you're feeling. And it's just going to last even longer if it's not addressed. And so that's kind of uh, what that's all about. And, you know, also you talk about the muscle tension um, relaxation, and that's something also that my daughter was taught very, very young, Mm -hmm. you know, to tense up all your muscles and then relax all your muscles. Um, But, you know, you're only 21 now. Right. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I think about, you know, at 16 when you started this, you know, I mean, how many people do you have that are using the site now? It's just incredible. Oh, I'm getting more um, each day. It's about um, 4,000 now, so when I look at the Google Analytics. So um, they were getting more and more, and so I've got some college interns who are doing a little SEO for us, so that is Mm -hmm. helping. (laughs) Yeah, you know, and this is really, you know, this is really for teens. I mean, that they can Mm -hmm. go on and they can help themselves. But, you know, any parent that has a teenager with anxiety really should take a look at this because I think that, you know, for, for any parent that's really not getting it, this will really straighten it out for them. Right, and that is a huge goal for us is adding more resources for parents because I know even my my own parents, when we did the counseling thing, um, the counselor was, of course, tied to confidentiality. Um, They wouldn't tell my parents what was going on, but there was a great opportunity for them to at least sit down and talk and say, you know, this is what you can do with your child. I can't tell you maybe necessarily the content of what's going on, but this is how OCD works and um, this is how panic attacks work. And so um, getting at least some more information about that on the site is a huge goal for us too. Right, because, you know, it's very hard. I mean, I know with teens, um, <clears throat> you know, it's difficult because um, they're not as open as when they're children. Um, but with children, it's very difficult to have a child with OCD or an anxiety disorder because they, a, a parent winds up becoming involved in the rituals and oh, the compulsions sure. because you really don't have a choice. It's the only way to calm the child. And, um, you know, I know there's different schools of thoughts on it, but, you know, it's very easy for a clinician to tell you you shouldn't do that. But when you have a six-year-old child, you know, mm-hmm. it's very hard not to. Um, but do you find that a lot of the parents have a problem, you know, as far as that goes? Because sometimes the only way to calm them is to let them have their rituals. Right. Um, I can totally relate to that. Um, it started from the big beginning of my panic attacks, my mom not n- knowing, you know, what's going on, to, yeah, she ended up accommodating me a lot of times. Um, like I said, she couldn't go, I couldn't let her go to the mailbox without me following. And so um, they did start uh, bringing me with places. I, I never went to work with them, but um, they, she was always there to answer the phone and, uh, yeah, it's hard. And at this 
point now I, I can understand why she was testing me some other times. Sometimes she would take the dog on a walk at midnight, which she would never do before my anxiety disorder. And so I thought, you know, why are you doing this? Why are you testing me? And um, I can see it's just that of frustration that they really got wrapped up in my anxiety disorder as well. Right, and you know, it, it's you have to become so creative, um, you know, as a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about you, but I know homework was a problem, not because the content or the work was too difficult, but because mm-hmm. there was perfectionism. And perfectionism wasn't that the work had to be perfect and correct. It had to feel right. Um, and, you know, I know that we had to do things like, you know, we would take the worksheet home and we'd make three copies, and you have three tries. So you can do it three times, and then you pick the one you like. Um, so, you know, in some ways, you know, you do get pulled into it, but it's also a way of teaching them how to cope with the anxiety. Because if you say you have one chance to do it, well, watch out, because you just created a whole lot of anxiety, you know, for that kid. But it, if you let them run free, they'll be up until 2 o'clock in the morning erasing and doing it over and over. So, um, you know, it's really a very difficult balance for parents to find. Oh, yeah, luckily they were very supportive with, um, even though I couldn't tell them or wasn't comfortable enough sharing with them everything that was going in my mind, they did accommodate me with the therapist and the medication. And so That's where I was going. With, I was just going to ask you, you know, because, <clears throat> you know, the anxiety is very difficult. And, what you know, I, I tell people all the time, when you hear mental illness, take out the mental, it's an illness. And um, mm-hmm. I'm not pushing or, you know, uh, saying medication is for everybody, but, you know, for some people, mm-hmm. medication absolutely does help. Um, you know, but I think it's tricky with anxiety because, you know, mm-hmm. the anxiety medications are addictive, um, so you have to be very careful with the anti-anxiety medications. But, you know, when you have OCD with it, sometimes medications help. You know, do you find now with the, that the combination is the best way to go? I do, actually. Um on anxiety in teens, we don't push one way or the other. We just give information for all school uh, But for me personally, um, and this is also good advice for anybody with regards to either therapy or medication, if it doesn't work for two years, try something new. That was a big mistake on our part. But um, it, I tried a handful of medications as well, and um, I was on one for a long time, and didn't know if I should get off of it because maybe it would be even worse when I was off. But right. until I really got onto the the last medication, um, that worked like a charm. And so um, really it's trying until you find the best fit. But the combination really did make the difference for me. Yeah, and that's great, you know. And it's, mm-hmm. like I said, you know, this is a physical disorder. You know, you have the... Um, you know, the pituitary axis, you have the, the adrenaline, you have the cortisol. I mean, this is a physical reaction. And, you know, I often say, I don't know what comes first, the chicken or the egg. You know, I don't know whether the psychological panic induces this physical reaction because sometimes it comes out of nowhere. So, you know, you have to sort of wonder, is it the physical reaction that brings on the psychological panic, you know? So, uh, you know, it's it's very hard for these kids. But, you know, I love what you're doing. Um, let us hear your website. Pardon? What is, it's uh, anxietyinteens.com. Dot, dot yep. Dot com. Or dot org, either way. 
Okay, I do the same thing. Everything just points on over there. It is a fantastic yeah. resource. And uh, anybody that, that, that knows a teen or a child, because you know those child are gonna, children are going to turn into teens, this is just yeah. a fantastic resource. And I think it would be so comforting for any teen. And I think every educator should take a look, too, because, you know, you have the stories. I mean, tell us some of your favorite stories that you get from the parents and the children. Oh, sure. Um, something new that we've got started here is called um, Stories of Hope and Help. And it's a little series I'm doing, um, posting real stories, anonymously if they'd like and not if they don't. And it's, I think, been one of the most powerful things that we've done so far as far as the feedback I've gotten on it. And so it's live on our front page right now. And um, the first, the next two that I just posted um, earlier this week have to do with um, the run that we're organizing, the Outrun Anxiety 5K is just going to be next week, this Sunday the 17th. And um, more about that, I actually I want to go back to our um, therapy and medication. I can't just say that those two alone really made it for me. Um, I have to also mention that um, exercise was a huge difference in my life. And, um, I hear that all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> huge difference, and so that's really why I want to make sure at Anxiety and Teens that it's really the whole body. It's you know nutrition, it's exercise, it's the whole wellness aspect. And um, in seventh grade, my mom signed me up for cross country right when I was at the peak of my anxiety, and I was just kicking and screaming at the time. But you know I stuck with it all throughout high school, and I'm running my second marathon this fall, and. I think that was a huge help to that. But um, That's where my story, husband and I, <laughs> yeah, we, we've bashed heads for the years on that because he's always like, make her run, make her do this, make her do that. And I'm like, oh, she <laughs> doesn't want to. And he goes, but she'll feel better, you know, because yeah, he's, he's a workout freak. And he's like, you know, if he doesn't go to the gym at 5 o'clock in the morning, he says he's just sluggish all day. So, you oh, know, boy. for some people... <laughs> It's great. For me, I go to the gym, I'm exhausted. I want to go to the diner and take a nap, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't get that I don't get that rush other people get. Um but you know, I hear that all the time that, you know, it's the exercise is great for these kids. But um I really want to, I want to thank you so much for what you do. I want to thank you for coming on and um you know, I just anybody that's listening, this is this is a resource that you really have to pass along because it's such a frightening disorder for these kids and these teens to have because it's so irrational. And um, I think just knowing they're not alone is going to relieve so much of their anxiety. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. You're very welcome. Come back anytime. Great. Thanks, Rand. Take care. <laughs> um, before we go, um, I want to uh, make a few announcements. I have um, been invited tomorrow night to the um, screening, the opening of Girlfriend Movie. We had the cast on a couple of months ago, and they have invited me to come, and they will be doing a um, Q&A interview afterwards, which I will be involved in. And then they are coming back. I'm not sure what day this week, but um, after I see the movie, um, I will bring them back on, and we're going to be speaking with the entire cast. Hopefully we'll have Amanda Plummer, we'll have Jackson Rathbone, Evan and Justin will be back, and it should be an incredible interview. Um, so keep posted, and as we end each show, you are your child's best advocate. If not you, then who? Become an informed, educated parent. I'm going to jump on the chat and talk to some of the parents. If you'd like to join us, we're on TCK, hashtag on Twitter. Thank you. Have a great night. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.